There's a lot of finger-pointing going on in the world of strata at the moment, with everybody blaming everybody else for the defects that are causing buildings to fall down all over Sydney, it seems. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I edit the Flat Chat website and write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, journalist and property writer. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. So, Sue, finger pointing. I think everybody in Strata should have one of those big giant hands that they take to football <laughs> matches so they can all point at each other and we can see who they're blaming for all the problems that there have been. It would be fun to see them all in the same room, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, yes. mm. Some people would have two. They'd be pointing at everybody else. <laughs> but it's one of these things that you'd think we need a rating system. You know, we need some way of saying, well, this is a good developer or a good builder yeah. or a bad builder like a trip advisor for for a, buildings yes a kind of trip advisor for building but then everybody's so litigious you know mm. you you say you give somebody you take away a star from somebody and they'd be worse than some of these celebrity chefs wouldn't they they'd that's wor- true with more money but then trip advisor people um say i've just stayed at this hotel and it was awful there were well, they don't say they were rats, probably, but they say it was awful. I didn't really enjoy that experience. It was, wasn't was as clean as I imagined, that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, they seem to get away without being sued. Yes. I mean, you can't, obviously, if they said there were rats and there was no evidence that there were rats. Yes. Um, they could be sued, I think, for right. defamation. But um, generally, they seem to kind of get away without legal action, really. But we live in a world where the people we're talking about the developers have lots of money Mm. and we know what it's like when developers start taking people to court you know they just they've got so much money to throw around that the question of right or wrong just disappears doesn't it Mm. so maybe the new building commissioner though would be the person to 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 look after this right so he's going to take all the emails from people saying... That's right, uh, yes. and be the subject of all the litigation. Well, yeah, I mean, this is I mean, this is the answer to, to so many of these issues. The government really needs to step in and say, we are going to legislate to fix this, rather than, as they have been for the past 20 years, saying, oh, the market will sort it out. Mm, and it's interesting, I had an email today from one of the engineers who was saying to me that, it's all very well saying you're going to appoint a building commissioner, but unless you have a proper structure underneath that commissioner, yeah. um, a proper system that's going to work well, yeah. then a building commissioner really isn't going to be able to do very much at all. It's, it's just going to be you know, a PR exercise from the government. Well, yeah, and, and that's the concern that uh, everybody you know, is making a show of doing something and nothing actually gets done, which has pretty much been the story in Strata for as long as we've been writing about it. Mm. But this rating system sounds an interesting idea of yours, Jimmy. Oh, thank you. Well, yes. Here's my plan, which will never happen, so I can be as free with it as I like. Well, you never know. Well, that's true, because in the past we have made suggestions and the government has jumped in and changed things. That is very true. Um, We got the thing about demanding your proxy votes uh, when you bought an apartment. We got that thrown out. Yep, and sunset clawbacks, new legislation about that. We got that. Yeah, so, okay, here we go. This is the new plan. Expect to see it in legislation very soon. (laughs) So I reckon everybody starts off with three silver stars, everybody. So builders, developers, 
everybody starts with three silver okay. stars, all right? Mm -hmm. If the developer or the builder loses a court case on defects, they lose a star. Okay. Right? Yep. If they are taken to the tribunal and they lose at the tribunal, they lose a star. Right. So at the end of the day, all that happens is that they lose stars until eventually they don't have any stars. Mm. So you have no star developer, no star builder. Right. I also think that if you have that kind of system, you've got a builder and developer and they've each got a different star rating, you combine them. Mm. You average them. If the developer's got three stars and the builder's got two stars, then the development has a two and a half star rating. Okay, and that would be provide an incentive for developers to use good builders to, to keep got their lots star of stars. rating up. Yeah. Mm. Now, how if it's a, how about if it's a new development company? They get three. They get the three stars. Oh, that mm. doesn't sound right, does it? No. That's hard because um, you know if a, a bad developer does a bad development and yeah. we, we strip him of all his stars uh -huh. and then he sets up as a new company again. Ah, you see, this is this is the genius of this oh, plan. Okay. The star rating goes with the directors of the company. Oh. They carry their star rating That's with them. That's a good them. idea. Also, so do their close relatives, spouses, <laughs> parents, children, anybody within that cluster group. Mm. Of, of relatives is also subject to the same star rating. So they've okay. got the incentive then to improve things. Now, there is also an incentive to be a very good developer or builder. If you go for a year without any legal action against you, you go from three silver stars to one gold star. Oh, okay. And then presumably, if there's defects in your building, and as we know, there's usually defects in every building, but yep. you step in to get them fixed and, yep. and resolve yep. a dispute, but you might actually get a, an extra... You get an extra half star. Mm. So, yep. And then after three years of no problems or no unresolved problems, you get a second star, and after five years of no unresolved problems, you get your third gold star. Mm. And by that time, the whole strata industry will be in great shape because our star rating system will have sorted everything out. Well, that sounds extremely attractive. Yeah, really. I think I think it could work. Yeah, because that doesn't discriminate against bad uh, against big developers or small developers. I mean, they both start from the same yep. starting point, really. Yep. You know, so a good small developer will be able to compete on a star rating system with a Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. established In fact, in, in many ways, it would be easier for them. Mm. I mean, in a way, fair trading have already done something like this with their their ratings on their complaints system. You know, the, the most complained about uh, consumer business. Mm. Yeah. Remember? Uh, yeah, that's right. But the, the problem was that they hadn't really fine-tuned it because uh, you had, like, real estate agents were right at the top of the worst most complained about but it turned out that it was the real estate agents with the most outlets the most franchises were picking up the most complaints simply because they had a, yeah, sure. a wider spread so you were getting you know like you know joe blogs real estate who's got 35,000 outlets was getting all these complaints and it made it look like they were the worst mm. where in fact it was just that some of them <laughs> some <laughs> of their their franchises were the worst. So yeah, it would all yeah. require a bit of fine-tuning. But yeah, and in the first year, everybody's everybody starts with a level playing field. Mm. And they, I guess you've got to have strict rules to determine 
how you get stars and how you lose stars. I mean, we've seen with um, food, the, the Heart Foundation rating different food oh. and how healthy it is. And we've seen, you know, some breakfast cereals, which can be quite sugary, actually have four stars at the moment, but under a different system that's been proposed would only have one. Yeah. You know, so you kind of have to agree on how you're going to strip stars and what they're each worth. Well, this is the problem because the first thing the government's going to do is go, oh, we're going to have a voluntary system. And they. Oh, no. Well, because it's cheap. <laughs> you know, they don't have to do anything then. And they're going to trust the, the integrity of all these fine people who are in the business already. Only some of them have ca- caused the problems that we're facing at the moment. But you look at the, what happened with the food industry. The food industry basically hijacked the rating system. Um, so so that, you know, none of their popular foods was ever rated as being not particularly healthy for you. Um, and then they also rigged it so that, you know, you go to Europe, you go to Asia, and basically the food labeling says this food has X amount of sugar mm. and X, amount of, and X mm. amount of calories, mm. right? Yeah. It's there. It says it. You can see it quite clearly. You look at the labeling in Australia and the food labeling says this product contains x percent of your daily intake requirement which means nothing to most mm. people no you know they go well they say oh it's only it's only 10% or it's only 50% of my my daily intake, uh, that's going to be fine. And, yeah, and, and I'm going to have a nap this afternoon, so I'll be in, <laughs> in profit. Yeah. Yes, yeah, mm. exactly. So, uh, yeah, and, and you can imagine that if you did bring in a rating system, that the industry would want a big, big say in how they were rated and who did the rating. I believe that OCN, the Owners Corporation Network, I believe that they would love to get to a position where they were kind of like a choice magazine for yeah. for developments. Well, that's a great model. Yeah, yeah. but see, they they started off very quietly and then they became big enough. Nobody would want to sue Choice because mm. that would look even worse than getting a bad rating. Mm. And so you've got to get past that threshold of being big enough and public enough so that nobody wants to they might challenge the rating and they might say look this is unfair because of this this and this but nobody's going to take you to court for defamation that's okay because you can have a proper appeals process as well that's fair enough yeah oh i think that sounds good well apart from having a rating for the people who build their apartments how about a rating for people who live in apartments we'll be talking about that next So, a license to live in strata. What do you think? <laughs> well, that is extremely interesting. <laughs> I mean, I've always thought people should have a license to to be able to have children, really. You know, right. the same way as you have a driving license. I mean, you know, you can you could be a terrible parent, yeah. and it would be much better, you know, if people checked up on you first and made sure that you were you were right to have a kitty. That would be good. Right, that's a fundamental human right you're talking about. That's there. right, stripping it away immediately. Right. But a license to live in strata. Yeah. So, again, it's like the my brilliant star rating system for developers. Everybody starts off. You get the first time you go to buy an apartment or rent an apartment, the real estate agent says, here you are. I've got your ID. Here's your license. You now have a license to live in an apartment building. That's your automatic right. You okay. don't have to do anything. It's just there. Mm. Then... 
basically, if you turn out to be a bad neighbour, you lose points like you do in your driving licence. Or like Uber, you know, when Uber rates you as a passenger. Yeah. um, They say whether you're a good passenger, which probably means whether you tip them or not. Yes. Or whether you're a bad passenger, which means other people won't come and pick you up or you have to wait a lot longer for a lift next time. Did you find that? Your rating is so low that (laughs) that you're waiting. No, but I was talking to someone the other day who was saying they discovered somebody rated them badly. Yeah. And so they kind of went back on the the website to find out who it was and then rated them less as a result. Right. <laughs> Which seemed that way seemed lies madness. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You've you've just found the fatal flaw in my license to live in strata plan that uh, vindictive tenants and vin- vindictive uh, Committees could be targeting you to... Oh, Jimmy, as if there's any of those in existence, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> so here's my plan. You get your your three points, right, which represent three strikes. If you get, uh, let's say you have a bylaw breach. So, and, and a bylaw breach, the way bylaw breaches work is that you get a letter from the strata scheme saying or from the strata manager saying look you've been making too much noise you're in breach of bylaw x please stop or we will take you to so it's not like they can just issue an edict there and then they've got to tell you what you've done wrong and ask you to stop if you don't stop the bad behavior then you can get taken to NCAT to the tribunal, or VCAT in Victoria, or QCAT in Queensland, Mm. you get taken to the tribunal and you can end up being fined, or at least get a warning. So under my system, you lose a a star there. So you're gone from three to two. Mm. If you carry on with this kind of behavior, eventually you have nothing. You have no stars. Mm. And that means when you turn up to rent a place or buy a place, the committee can go, hang on, this person has used up all their stars. They are a bad neighbour. You're not coming into our building. Wow. Or a landlord might say, no, you're going to be a bad tenant. Yeah. You've lost your licence, so I don't want to take a chance on you. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean that all these people become homeless. They, (laughs) tempting though that is, they, they go and live in a house. Mm. where they belong, where they can't annoy anybody except their relatives. Mm. But if they want to get back into living in apartments, if they realise the error of their ways and what a terrible mistake they've made, how do they do it? How do they get their star back? First of all, they go on a re-education course. (laughs) No, I said a course, not a camp. I didn't say a camp. (laughs) (laughs) They go on a re-education course where they basically learn about living in strata and strata rules and what bylaws are about and why they have to follow the bylaws Mm. and what they can do if they don't like the bylaws because that's the other thing you know you might go into a scheme where you go these bylaws are stupid and wrong what you don't do is just disobey them yeah what you do do is get them changed meetings and yeah yeah so they learn about that okay then they can come back in and then they can if they want to increase their star rating they can do some community work. Mm. So, you know, they help out in the community, in the strata community, and they get another star back. And then if they haven't done anything wrong for, let's say, 18 months, they get their three stars. Right. And then they can start misbehaving all over again. 
But presumably they can build up more, get extra stars as well, perhaps by helping an elderly person next door do their shopping or, you know, Well, they get four basis. stars. Yeah. What are they going to do with them? Well, if they're competing... Maybe they could become developers. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're competing with somebody else for an apartment, oh, that right, could yeah. kind of... You know, ah, be part like of the your Uber CV, thing. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, I'm a five-star tenant. Look at me. Yeah. I help aged people across the street, and I whether they want my, it or not. Whether they want it, or not, I'm but getting yeah, them over I there. mean, and somebody who is auctioning a, a an apartment, maybe two people are bidding the same amount, Ooh. and they think, ah, oh, well, I've lived in this building for ten years. I want to make sure the next person who owns my apartment is going to be a really fantastic resident here because yeah. I still have lots of friends here and want to come back regularly yeah. so they'll agree to sell it to the one who's got the most stars. Or how about being elected to the strata committee? Well yeah, that would yeah. be a good basis you, you for a strata up, committee yeah. member. Yeah. You stand up at the AGM and say, hey look, I'm, I'm a five star resident Mm. You know, I, I've done all this fabulous work. Well, I dread to say it, but it's kind of like, you know, with Airbnb, <laughs> where they have super Airbnb hosts, yeah. they kind of grade those as well. But, you know, this why not grading super these people as well? Yeah. yeah. Super yeah. residents. I've got five stars because I got rid of Airbnb from our building. Yay! <laughs> well, you know, like that guy who, who ran up the side of the apartment building and, and rescued a baby in yes. France? Right. I mean, he would get 10 stars. Oh, he's got, life, he got lifetime, lifetime gold <laughs> stars. And people would compete to have him him in their building. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd want him next door. Oh, gosh. You'd want, him, yeah. you'd want your smoke alarm attached to his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> you realise all this stuff. There are people sitting listening to this now. They're already writing. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> You're nanny state people. That's right. We get no stars at all. We've got zero stars. Um, when we come back, I think we're going to be talking about a couple of things from the forum. Um, that's after this. Before we get into the forum, uh, Sue's been following a story about a resident who is having a bit of trouble at NCAT. What's the story, Sue? Yes, well, um, this resident has been having terrible problems in her apartment with a leaking roof and leaking walls. And the apartment's, you know, quite old. It's not a new apartment. So the, uh, she's been asking the owner's corporation for a long time to patch up her ceiling, you know, and, and make sure she's not getting any leaks. Every time it rains, she apparently has to move her furniture away from the areas where it's going to leak on her furniture. And she has to roll up her carpet. And, I mean... Wow, we've had a lot of rain in Sydney recently. Yeah, yeah. So um, normally it might not be a problem, but in wet weather it's become awful. So she went along to NCAT. Her owner's corporation kept refusing to pay to get some work done yeah. to a level that she was happy with. She went along to NCAT. NCAT made orders that they actually do the work and the owners' corporation have ignored the orders. Right. And this kind of opened up a bit of a loophole in the strata legislation because it seems that while NCAT has the power to make orders, it doesn't actually have the power to enforce those orders right. to make sure they're carried out. So what happened? Did she did she go back to NCAT and ask for enforcement? She did. And they said, you have to go to the Department of Fair Trading. But the Department of Fair Trading it has no power. It can't do anything. That's right. They say, go back to NCAT. So she's ah. kind of going round and round in circles. But basically, this is a real problem. Yeah. And uh, I contacted the new 
Fair Trading Minister, Kevin who, Anderson's office. Who is officially the Minister for Better Regulation. Oh, sorry. And innovation. Yeah. So his office said that he's looking at the legislation and will now be considering if it needs changing. I'm always suspicious of that phrase we're looking at. I get a vision of the minister sitting in his office looking across at a red uh, lever arch file going, <laughs> is that the legislation there? Yeah, well, I'm looking at it. <laughs> That's a bit cynical. Well, not, not by my standards. Well, yeah, but the thing is, because they've said they're considering it, it now gives me permission to go back and say, what's, and say, what have well, you done? What's happened? What's what? happened? And yeah. keep going back every week. Yes. Until hopefully they actually decide to do something. Right. Because it is a ridiculous situation, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, and of course, as soon as word gets out, like through this podcast, <laughs> that owners' corporations don't actually have to do anything they've been told to do by NCAT, then, you know, we're all stuffed, we're all high and dry. Well, that's right. And I think that this has happened to a lot of other buildings as well that have had orders yep. um, against them and refused to do anything. And basically the, the apartment owners then are just stuck between hell and a high waters. What was the uh, phrase? I think it's rock and a hard place. Oh, rock and a hard place. I think I've mixed up my metaphors. <laughs> but, you know, we did have that case of the the woman in the apartment building where the lift stopped at a metre above or below <laughs> or sometimes just went up and down and never stopped at her floor. Mm. And she took her owner's corporation to, to NCAT. And all that happened was that somebody on the committee threatened to sue her for damaging the value of his apartment by giving them bad publicity. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. a ridiculous situation. It should never have been allowed to occur. And yeah. now people are actually noticing it and feeling the effects of it. It should really be um, legislated against immediately. Absolutely. And meanwhile, that person in that committee has just lost two stars. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's how it works. That's exactly how it works. Okay, this time, when we come back, we're going to be talking about a couple of things on the forum. That's after this. And we're back and we're looking at, it's an issue with older buildings especially. Uh, the old two-storey walk-up with the laundry out the back, the shared laundry. And now everybody, you know, they renovate their apartments and they put in a little mini laundry with the washing machine and tumble dryer in there. But some people don't have that. They don't have that space. They haven't done the renovation. So they put their washing machine and their tumble dryer in the shared laundry. All right. So who pays for the electricity? Everybody who uses it. Well, Is everybody allowed to use it? Well, no, because people, some people put their own machines in and lock them or put signs on them saying, don't use my washing oh, machine. Oh, no. I've so, never heard of this before. Oh, this is incredibly common. Well, but so quite it's in, common. It's in common property space. Yes. So there's been a washing machine in, in, in there for common usage. Mm. Let's say you've got an apartment block with 12 units in it. Mm. And gradually the apartments have been done up and people have their own washing machines and stuff, which is fair enough, and their own dryers. Let's say seven or eight of them have this, but the other four or five, they use the common laundry, but they put their own machines in there. 
Well, you should be able to put your own machine in there if it's a good enough machine, but it should be able to be used by everyone. Okay. It's common property, so it should be common usage, in my opinion. But what about the people who've got the washing machines in their apartment? They're not going to use that, but they're paying a share of the electricity for downstairs. Yes, but it wouldn't cost very much, would it? And if they're rich enough to have their own washing machines in their own, they should be happy to help other people. Well, neighbors. maybe they've spent all their money buying their washing machine and, and renovating their apartment so that they've got their own little mini laundry. Yeah, see? It's not that simple. Yeah. People get quite exercised by these things. You know, it's like, why should I pay anything towards something that has no benefit for me at all? Mm. And then they'll start looking at their neighbours and thinking, oh, their clothes look really, really clean. They obviously do their washing too often. You know, they're <laughs> using too much water and I'm yeah. having to yeah. pay for some of that water. I mean, you think of the old days when people had, uh, you still see it occasionally in old apartment buildings, it says, uh, you know, Wednesday, laundry Wednesday is the second floor mm. for the odd numbered apartments because, you know, they would share the, the washing line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. now the washing lines have all gone and been replaced by decorative fountains and things like that but um yeah so that's that's an interesting issue i mean one of the things they can do is put in a communal washing machine communal dryer industrial uh, standard and nowadays you get them where you just pay with a credit card you just flick a credit card at them and and you pay for the electricity or whatever that sounds a good solution yeah or you can have separate meters or a meter that registers that you've used this for a certain amount of time but again you know the people who've paid for their own washing machines and dryers are going to go well why should we even pay to have that installed well that's community life isn't it you win some you lose some yes really that's it you know exactly okay here's another thing about shared use this started with an, an email to the forum. Somebody's moved into an apartment. They've got three cars, but only two parking spaces. So they've started using visitor parking for oh, their no. extra car. They shouldn't now, be allowed to do that. It has come out that in some places there's so much visitor parking that even doing that wouldn't impact on the ability for visitors to find somewhere to park. And the question has been raised, well, should you just allow people to use visitor parking for the extra car? Now, my view is no, because I think it sets a bad precedent. I think you've got to establish, you know, visitor parking is for visitors. And if you've got too much visitor parking, then you reassign it in some way. Mm. I guess if it's for a short period, maybe that person is planning to to sell one of their cars because they've only got two spaces. Then, How likely you know, do you think that is, honestly? Well, yes, not very likely. But they could actually apply to the Strata Committee and say, look, I've got this situation. Can I use the visitor parking for two weeks? Yeah, you know, just as a one-off. And um, but I think this is okay? I think this and is a more permanent thing than that. Yeah. yeah, and and I think my recollection is in most bylaws it says you may not park on common property, which is a visitor parking space, without the written permission of the owners' corporation. Right. So maybe that's the first step is to say can you give me permission to do this? Because if, for whatever reason, suddenly visitors' parking is required, then the committee can say, look, we're, we're taking that permission away. Mm. But in the meantime, these people are getting a benefit. You know, in some areas, right about here, you could sell a visitor parking space for $60,000. That's a lot of 
very valuable real estate and that's mm. not doesn't apply everywhere mm. but it's it is a benefit that they're getting it's not costing anybody else anything but they're still getting a freebie sure absolutely which doesn't seem fair um, maybe in that case the strata committee could say well we'll let you use a business parking for six months most that's tops yeah um but for that you're going to have to pay us a certain sum of money which will go straight into the sinking fund right and if i were the car owner i would say you're not allowed to do that because that's visitor parking and it uh, shouldn't be rented out. Okay, well, I would say that's absolutely fair enough. But if you'd like to make us a donation right. to the sinking fund, we uh-huh. we may well accept it. Yes. Otherwise, I'm afraid rules are rules and you're not allowed to use that parking. So what you're basically going to say is use the parking, here's the permission, it's got a time limit on it. And meantime... How would you like to contribute to the flower bed fund? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Politics. Yeah. It's all politics. Mm. It's all corruption. Oh. <laughs> corruption and collusion. That's what it's all about. <laughs> well, I think we've covered just about everything that needs to be covered in this corruption, week. Corruption, collusion and community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the name of my next book. Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost of Apartment Living. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and we've got the star rating. That will probably be in legislation any minute, <laughs> somewhere. You never know. Thank you so much for this, Sue. Thanks for coming along and chatting to us. Pleasure, Jimmy. And we'll talk again soon. If you enjoy these podcasts, and let's face it, you wouldn't still be listening if you didn't, you should subscribe to make sure you get the latest version as soon as it's published. You could also read the weekly flat chat column in the Australian Financial Review. That's every Friday, Saturday. And if you're really interested in finding out more about Living in Strata, go to our website. That's flat-chat.com.au. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm Jimmy Thompson. Talk to you again soon.